Hello, and welcome to another episode of Footprints. I'm Tony Reed. July 1st, 2022 is the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. Under that notion, we shall continue our conversations with a new guest from the Hong Kong SAR, someone who's witnessed the growth of Hong Kong during the past two and a half decades. In 1997, when Hong Kong was returned to the motherland, what was your personal feeling when watching that ceremony? Could you please enlighten on that for me a bit? I was studying for my uh, doctor degree when Hong Kong returned to our motherland in 1997. We have been waiting so long for the return and I felt so excited and so kind of finally we are back. I still have good memories of how people are proud to be back with great hope for our future. This is Dr. Johnny Ng. Okay, well, I'm Johnny Ng. It's not easy to pronounce in Chinese. I say Ng, but Wu is okay or Dr. Wu Jiezhuang, as pronounced in Mandarin rather than Cantonese. I'm from a grassroots family in Hong Kong, and I have been relaying on my efforts throughout my academic and career path. For me, failure is just a beginning of success. It pushed me to keep moving forward and learn from what I can do better next time. Dr. Wu is currently a member of China's top political advisory body, the National Committee of Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference, as well as a counselor at the Hong Kong Legislative Council. He's been actively involved with the youth in Hong Kong for more than 10 years. By bridging the youth of Hong Kong SAR and the Chinese mainland, he tries to deepen the understanding and communication between the younger generations from the two sides. I think there will be a bright future for youth in Hong Kong on innovative startups and entrepreneurships. As compared with the innovation and entrepreneurship in the last 10 years, it was more unidirectional and mainly focused on the finance industry, which limits the career opportunity of the youth. If now our direction is to integrate into the development of our country, the vision is much clearer nowadays and which indicate more opportunities. In this episode of Footprints, we'll hear about how Dr. Wu Jiezhuang has been influencing and helping the younger generations in Hong Kong with his own entrepreneurial experiences. Stay tuned. Earlier this year, Dr. Wu took the oath as a newly elected member of the 7th Legislative Council of the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. By becoming a counselor, he aims to add more fuel to the quest he's been focusing on for more than a decade, which is to elevate the local youth work to a higher platform. The rationale why I participated in the election of the 7th Legislative Council was to rely on what I did in the past for the youth segment. While organizing projects to serve the youth in Hong Kong, I also realized other social issues during the process. Therefore, I would like to rely on the legislative platform to reflect on the social issues or voice of citizens to the governments to improve the quality of life of Hong Kong people. I think it is a golden opportunity to serve as a legislative councillor at this moment. As the ex-president of Hong Kong United Youth Association, Dr. Wu actively served the youth in Hong Kong from ages 18 to 30 years old. For more than 10 years, he's been encouraging the younger generation in Hong Kong to catch up with the developing trend of the country and achieve personal growth at the same time. As I have shared with young people quite sometimes, you have always lived to watch out and capture the opportunities. But actually, you have to create opportunities on your own 
and it is the only way you can achieve your goals and success. Therefore, you have to be familiar with the vision of your motherland and try to align your dream with the trend. First, have a better understanding of the social and political situations and strengthen your skill. It will be the most cost-effective strategy for self-development. Most of these young people he's worked with closely were college students and first-year graduates who were just about to enter the workforce. By organizing internships and exchange programs for young people between Hong Kong SAR and the mainland, Dr. Wu wishes to broaden the visions of these young people and provide them with solid advice as they seek direction for their future. I've been organizing numerous youth activities, for example, leading youth to mainland or overseas for exchange programs. There was also a summer internship program to assist them uh, to know and understand the real work life. Uh, also, we will organize some weekend program for them. They can have a chance to exchange with university, same age people together to make friends and also provide more opportunity for them to visit different attractions. These internships and exchange programs allow young people from Hong Kong to stay in the Chinese mainland for a period of time from two days to seven weeks. During their stay, they would visit local schools or enterprises and get real living and work experience in the mainland, which would aid in helping them get more familiar with their country, as well as bring potential educational or work opportunities later on. However, organizing such activities is not plain sailing for Wu at all. Unexpected problems just pop up from time to time. Wu recalled an incident from 15 years ago when half of the students from a program he led almost lost their chance because they didn't have necessary travel documents. Uh, once I need around 5,000 youth to Shenzhen for an activity during the 10th anniversary of uh, Hong Kong SAL, when we were just about to get off from Hong Kong, we then realized that more than half of the uh, students did not have the home return permit. Luckily, we got special assistance from Hong Kong and central governments who help us to solve the problem. Furthermore, due to the COVID situation nowadays, all those exchange programs have to be on hold. Fortunately, I solved this problem by writing on the technology to keep exchange program conducted virtually. Meanwhile, Dr. Wu noticed that the cost of maintaining the programs is facing multiple challenges these days as many local NGOs in Hong Kong have difficulties in fundraising or attracting sponsorship. Therefore, he urged the Hong Kong government to extend its funding coverage so more youth organizations can benefit in the future. As he concluded his youth-related work, he shared the story of a young man he encountered who left a deep impression upon him. I encountered a university student who was the ex-president of a student union. And he was anti-government at that time. And when I got the chance to share with him deeply on my past experience of personal development during the exchange program, I did coach him to think broader in understanding the development of our motherland and the central government policy. Eventually, he has a new perspective on our motherland, uh, which drives him to actively participate in social affairs. Furthermore, he also served as a leader and supported the other young generation people. I think it's a very touching experience for me. And this university student is just one among many other young people who have followed Wu's advice when exploring their future direction. As a self-made entrepreneur, however, 
Wu also has had his own share of doubts and hardships in the past 25 years, during which he gradually found his focus and purpose. Now let's take a short break, and we'll share how Wu started his own discovery of the joint forest between his hometown and the Chinese mainland when Footprints returns. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. On March 10th, 2022, the first session of the 13th Chinese People's Political Consultative Conference concluded. Three members of the CPPCC National Committee, including Dr. Wu, stopped by for a chat with reporters after the closing ceremony. As one of the younger politicians attending the conference from the Hong Kong SAR, he talked in fluent Mandarin on the changes that have taken place in Hong Kong over the years. Interestingly, according to Wu, he couldn't understand any Mandarin at all back in 1998 when he first started his business with several friends in Hong Kong. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised in Hong Kong. I cannot understand any Mandarin and cannot speak Mandarin. Cantonese is the mother tongue of Hong Kong people sounding very different from Mandarin Chinese, which is used as the standard language across China. For many Hong Kong people like Dr. Wu, who came from grassroots families and had received local-based education before 1997, language was a barrier when they first came to the Chinese mainland. To tackle the issue, Dr. Wu has developed the habit of practicing Mandarin speaking in daily conversation, one that he still keeps when talking to people from the mainland even until this day. In the year 2000, Dr. Wu decided to move his businesses to Shenzhen for a fresh start. The year 2000 is a critical turning point. I was introduced to join uh, the China Youth Federation in 2002, and I started my journey to explore our motherland. I was so excited to get to know the great potential of our country. I knew so many good friends and extended my personal network, which uh, has great assistance to my business. But my focus was in technology. Overall, I do have great place in our motherland and I get benefit from early involvement and go together with our country. When many people from Hong Kong started to go up north and build factories or invest in the property markets, Dr. Wu's focus remained in the technology section, specializing in a facial recognition segment. He mentioned that one of the biggest attractions for him was the low cost for personnel recruiting. Yeah, I'm dating back to the year 2000 when I first started my business in Shenzhen. Uh, we can say there was uh, no support from any governments. The biggest attraction is the low cost compared to Hong Kong. For example, I can recruit uh, four engineers in Shenzhen while only one engineer in Hong Kong. So the cost is only 25% of Hong Kong. So we pretty much rely on ourselves to develop in Shenzhen. But competition was fierce. Dr. Wu was dealt with a few setbacks when he tried to expand his business. So he decided to enhance his understanding of the technology through further research and study in Beijing. By that time, I want to further equip myself, maybe in Beijing or in the United States. Finally, I have chosen to go to Beijing because 
I recognized the ample opportunity and development, especially when I saw that uh, China was awarded the hosting right of the Beijing Olympics since uh, 2001. Beijing was developing very, very fast, full of vision and bright future. I decided to enter Tsinghua University and successfully convened a professor to accept my admission. He became the very first postdoctorate student from Hong Kong at Tsinghua University, one of the top-ranking universities in China. In the meantime, the facial recognition technology he had been focusing on had the chance to gradually enter the mainland market. As the potential of his products had been recognized by other professionals, his company began to attract more support and started getting more opportunities. Two years later, I not only graduate, but also accumulate a lot of people network. And then my company, which focused on biometrics technology, was adopted for the usage between Hong Kong and Shenzhen border. Then a breakthrough came in 2008, when his technology was applied for security usage on a larger scale during the Beijing Summer Olympic Games, bringing Wu's business onto a broader stage. I think uh, the critical success factor of my own business is not only relying on grabbing the golden opportunities of mainland development, but also on being able to find the blind spot in technology development. I recorded during the September 11 incident in uh, 2001 in the United States, the whole world was putting national security as a priority. Then I conclude that this uh, facial recognition technology was at a most of strategic importance at the moment. Therefore, I put much effort to focus on the development of this kind of technology to match the timely lead of our motherland and also facilitate the development of the country. And that was exactly what he had accomplished. Having witnessed the devastating Wenchuan earthquake in southwest China in 2008, Dr. Wu managed to modify the facial recognition system together with developers from Hong Kong in just 10 days before donating it to the area hit by the disaster. They built a human face tracing website for people to locate their missing family members by uploading their photos onto the network, and this helped local families to reunite. Over the past 20 years, Dr. Wu has gradually transformed from a business owner to an investor and entrepreneur who aims to integrate his own efforts with the growth of the country. Despite the challenges he's encountered, Dr. Wu believes that plenty of funding and opportunities are offered to young Hong Kong entrepreneurs nowadays to help launch their businesses in the mainland. There are various challenges at different time intervals. It may be only industrial and property sector which higher mobility in the past. Nowadays, there are more opportunities if you engage in technology or innovation business. Many incubators can help the young people to save time and effort from searching for the correct information. Therefore, I believe young people should have his mindset and realize there is ample potential nowadays and also should have faith with our motherland. Restaurant owner Li Guoming is one of the young businessmen from Hong Kong who adopted this mindset that Dr. Wu mentioned. During the booming development of the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay Area, or in other words, the Greater Bay Area, Li and his partner have upgraded their Guangdong-based restaurant to an insta-famous site with new branches opening in several cities over the past few years. In a conversation with a media reporter from last year, Li described the support they had received. 
When we traveled to Foshan five years ago, we could only go by bus, which took us more than three hours. Now it only takes about two hours to come over to the Greater Bay Area, and it's very convenient. Much support has been provided to young business owners like us who are from Hong Kong or Macau, including transportation subsidies as well as tax concessions, all of which help to keep our business running in the Greater Bay Area. Now let's take another short break. When we come back, Wu Jiezhuang will share his perspective on how Hong Kong is becoming the cultural passport of China. Stay tuned. From north to south, east to west, people in China are chasing their dreams and leaving their mark. Want to know how they beat the odds and made a difference? Footprints brings you the true life stories of their journeys. Around the turn of the century, many young people from Hong Kong could only learn about the Chinese mainland from history class in school or from traveling. But in the fast development of both sides, Young people from the mainland in Hong Kong SAR can live and work in each other's hometowns for more comprehensive and diversified experiences. And with Hong Kong's efforts in further integrating into the Greater Bay Area, one of China's most open and economically vibrant regions, its status as an international financial center is affirmed. So how would you describe the biggest changes in Hong Kong in the past 25 years? And also, could you please give us some examples in that regard? Uh, well, there has been many changes in the past 25 years. Hong Kong is benefited from the high-speed economic development and also can maintain its strength in a certain area, such as uh, financial prosperity. The stock value in 1997 was only 4,600 billion. However, as of May of 2022, uh, just last month, the stock value rise to 38 thousand billion, which is an <laughs> increase of uh, 700 percent. Meanwhile, Hong Kong remains as a cultural and artistic exchange center between China and foreign countries. As Hong Kong celebrates the 25th anniversary of the establishment of the Special Administrative Region, Dr. Wu says the city is seizing this chance to transform itself into a cultural passport of China. As a political advisor from Hong Kong SAR, he submitted seven proposals on how to strengthen the connections between Hong Kong and the Chinese mainland. One of them is to take the advantage of the celebrations of the 25th uh, anniversary of the establishments of Hong Kong SAR this year to tell the good story of Hong Kong on an international platform. I hope uh, to develop Hong Kong as a cultural exchange center between China and foreign country as a starting point only. That the country soft power to go global and utilize its full advantage of Hong Kong. At the same time, we build a cultural passport for our country so that our country and even the young people in the West can embrace Chinese culture together. Over the years, pop music, movies, and TV dramas produced in Hong Kong have been popular globally especially in overseas Chinese communities. As the main force of cultural export, Dr. Wu notices that young people in Hong Kong have great passion for sharing their traditional culture, as well as innovative developments around them to the outside world. 
a lot many young people who are proud of being Chinese and are interested in getting into know more about Chinese story, history, and traditional culture. For example, the Hong Kong Palace Museum is about to open, and many young people in Hong Kong are largely looking forward to visiting it and promoting it to other foreign friends. Just like the successful launch of Shenzhou、uh, 14 recently, everyone was very excited and share with friends all over the world on social media platforms. On that notion, Dr. Wu sees much hope for the younger generation in Hong Kong to contribute to promoting China's soft power. We are always the descendants of the giant, <laughs> and we will be able to integrate with the mainland to develop together. I think Hong Kong young people can take、uh, above mentioned advantage to integrate Chinese and Western culture and tell the good Chinese story to the world. Before we wrap up our conversation with Dr. Wu Jiazhuang, he shares with us his future plan as a politician, a Hong Kong citizen, and a father. In my future plan, I make a better use of the identity of the National Committee of the Chinese People Political Consultative Conference to reflect and explain the voice. Of the people of Hong Kong and the mainland to the central governments. Generally speaking, I hope that I can contribute to the construction of Hong Kong and live up to the higher expectation of the public. As for my small daughter, who is only three years old now, yeah, I hope that while she grow up happily, she will also nurture、uh, her patriotisms. And hope that she will become the successor and leader of the patriotism. With that, we conclude this episode of Footprints. Thanks for staying with us. Special thanks to our reporter Liu Yushan. I'm Tony Reed. If you're interested in hearing more about the lives of ordinary people in China, follow us on Apple Podcast. Just key in footprints, and you'll find more stories anytime, anywhere. We'll see you next time.